0: Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Teaching and then we found Peter and, and we found the moment where, where Peter says yes to Jesus and the call in his life. He says to him, come follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And Peter says, let's go. I'm in. I don't know what I'm in for. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got to turn my... It had to happen it's been the day for it. It's been the day for it. Um, I might just shoot home quickly and just get it. Um, but what we discovered is that, that Jesus is really looking for an all-in people. He's looking for people to be all-in. He's not looking for half-hearted. He wants people to be in. He wants people to be part of what He's doing. And, and now Peter is on this journey to discover his potential. And it's not an easy road, by the way. I don't know whether you've realized this. If you've said yes to Jesus, uh, yes didn't come with easy. It's not easy. And, and it's uh, the yes is easy, but after that, it's like, what am I actually saying yes to? Because have you noticed that you say yes before you have any idea? And even if you ask and you say, what am I in for? The Lord says, just give me a simple yes or no. I want answers. I don't always get them. And I want to say that you know, uh, this journey of discovery, because that's kind of what I've, I've learned to see it as. This journey, I want to say that I've somehow achieved it, but I haven't. I haven't, it never ends. And the thing with it is you either embrace the journey and grow, or you reject the journey and you never reach your full potential. The thing is, it's your decision, not mine. I can't make this decision for you. You're either in and you're going to find out what God can do or you're not. And you will never reach your full potential because it's going to take a, a, a surrendered life to reach that. Are you with me? And so we all have potential. Peter had potential. In fact, he said, I'm going to change you from a fisherman into a fisher of men. And what we've got to realize is Jesus is going to take you from whatever you're doing now into reaching people doing whatever you're doing now. A lot of people think like the call of God is to full-time ministry. No. We're all in full-time ministry. If you have a family, you're in full-time ministry. If you have a job, you're in full-time ministry. If you're studying, you are in full-time ministry. Your friendship circle is a place where you can minister. Church is a place where you can minister. You are in full-time. The moment you said yes, now we have to find out what is going to happen next. And the gap between saying yes and fulfilling all that God has for you, that gap is called discipleship. The yes is easy. The end, I don't know if it ever comes. I just know that at some point you'll breathe out your last and then it doesn't really matter. But discipleship is where it's at. And anyone who is serious about Jesus is committed to a lifelong journey of learning called discipleship. If you are serious about God, if you are serious, I say if because some people just aren't, but if you are serious about God, you have decided, I am going to learn and to grow and tough times may come, difficult moments may happen, but I'm not quitting on my journey. I need to find out who I am and I need to find out all that God has created me to do and become. Amen? Are you with me? And so Peter he, he says some things which I want to share with you. I'm going to preach a little bit different to how I usually do. But he says some things that make you go, wow. Peter's just like, some of the things he says, I look, I'm like, wow, such wisdom and insight. And he has like divine revelation. This guy shares things that, that just your brain goes, oh, yeah. Right, I want to share, for instance, here's one in 1 Peter 2 and from 21, it says, For God called you to do good, even if this means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example. He's talking from from experience here. He is your example. You must follow Him in His steps. He never sinned or deceived anyone. These are just some of the things you get to look forward to. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, did not threaten revenge when he suffered. Uh, He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He's saying follow uh, in Jesus' footsteps. Follow in Jesus' footsteps. He never sinned, walk walk away from this thing that's called sin, move the other way, it's called repentance, working toward Jesus. He never deceived anyone, he never retaliated, I like that he brought that up. It's important that Peter shares that with us, he did not retaliate, he's saying, you need to listen to what I'm saying, because I'm teaching you something that I've accomplished. He never insulted, threatened, no revenge, I mean, that is wow that Peter shares this. He goes on in the book of Luke, it reads this way. It says, Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go to prison with you, even to die. uh, Even to die with you. Uh, Peter is an all in guy. If I am so for you that if you do time, I'm in the same cell as you. When I say all in, I'm saying all in. And if I have to die to prove that, look no further to he who would do this for you. I'd die for you. Remember when you were at school, like you'd be like, man, I love that dude, man. I'd die for him, right? I think back about some of the dudes I said I'd die for. Man, I wouldn't do anything for them now. Not die for them. You lost your mind. If they said, Andrew, do you remember? Nope. You remember when you said you'd die for me? I do not. And I'd comfortably lie i lie about it. I don't don't remember anything. I would not die for half the people. I said, Peter's like, man, Jesus, I know who you are. I would die for you. Peter is an all-in guy. How many times I've heard this. Pastor Ann's? I am with you. Oh, you beauty. Thank you. Peter is putting his money where his mouth is. He's a stand-up guy. This guy is on it. This is the kind of guy you want to be like Peter. You want to be like Peter. These are some of the statements that make you go, come on, right? Because he is a leader. And then he speaks to leaders. I love this. He says, in the same way, you who are younger must accept authority of the elders. And all of you dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. I like how he mentions that God opposes he opposes, he's against. He's against Pride that includes Pride Month for those that you who are watching. He opposes it. Like I oppose when somebody tries to shove broccoli in my mouth. I oppose it. No. <laughs> Die. No. It's a bit like what Jesus is. It's like, no. That's kind of how he sees pride month. He's just like, nope. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. At the right time, he will lift you up in honor. First Peter 5.3. Don't lord it over people assigned to your care. This is for some of the leaders, but leave them with your own good example. That's a great scripture. If you're young, you must accept authority. Be humble. Honor one another. Come on. Don't get full of yourselves or think you're better than somebody. Lead by example. Be a good example. Peter is saying, man, trust me, I know how this works. I'm sharing it with you because I've got this sussed. And all you need to do is listen and obey. And you're going to come out on top. And Peter, like you and I, has great advice. And Peter, like you and I, had to learn the hard way. If you want to be a disciple, you're going to learn the hard way. And so I want to share three things with you. If you want to grow in God, you say yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. i want to share three things, only three, right? Three things that are going to help you tremendously. And I think if you could get, I'm not expecting you all to nail all three, but I really want you to dial in and pick one. One this week and say, I'm going to try and get better in this one area. Right, so I'm going give you like it's like multiple guess. You remember at school when there was a test, and you got that's the best test in the world. If in doubt, go for C. Right, you remember that? That's how we pass. You just pick one. I have no idea, but I get like a multiple guess. I'm just gonna go A, B, C, D, C. That's how you're gonna do it tonight. Three things, and the three things are this restraint, humility, and servanthood. Restraint. Humility and servanthood. If you want to grow in God, you say yes. These are three areas where you are going to have to work really hard on restraint, humility, and servanthood. I like the restraint one. I like how uh, Peter shares about how you should have restraint. You know that, like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Remember he said that? Like, he didn't, have, like he, didn't, he didn't overreact. He didn't jump in. He didn't just get involved. He was able to hold back and trust that God had a better plan. When you face difficult things, Peter would tell you that God is in control. You do not need to retaliate and behave a certain way, rich coming from the dude who cut a guy's ear off. Hold up, bro. You're so quick to throw that in there. But here we're like, we're here to arrest you, Jesus. Swing gone. Enjoy having no ear. Anyone else got an issue? Anyone else here want to take Jesus? And Jesus rebukes him publicly. Also, I like the way he took the time to think it through. Hundreds of Roman soldiers and people around who were armed with more swords than he had. But he pulls out his little knife, click, and... cuts his ear off. You're not taking Jesus. I'll speak, say that into your good ear now that you're missing one. But you should all listen. Trust that God has a better plan. Trust God. I like the way he shares that. Just You should trust that God has a better plan. I didn't trust that he had a better plan, but you should. And And show some restraint. I did, didn't, but Go to one of my favorite pieces of text in the whole Bible. Jesus tells him, "Don't do that, oi, don't. Bring me the ear." It doesn't say dusted it off. That's my favorite bit. It just says stuck it back on. It's put his ear back on. We're all good. You're fine. Your ear's back. Feel it. You don't listen anyway, so it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't work properly, but it's fine. You got it back. Clean your knife. Put that thing away. And rebukes him publicly. See, here's the thing. If you're going to grow, and this is one of the things that I learned real quick. I remember a pastor saying to me, I won't repeat what I said exactly, but he said to me, what's the big deal with becoming a Christian? And um, I said, I I don't want to become like you. Like, I'm a a man and I'm not going to become useless like you. Um, Because it was like, I felt like as a guy, you give your life to Jesus and you, you trade that in for your man card. Right? You, you just have to be like, oh, great, so I have to just be like a walkover here. Take all that I am, you have that, and I'll take Christianity. Uh, no thanks, keep it. I didn't want to lose my fight and my fire. and I, I, like I've got some go to me, and I'm not going to lose that because I give my life to the Lord. I didn't want that. And so Christianity was very off-putting for me. Right, and in, in many cases over the years, it has still been very off-putting for me. I, I see certain things, I'm just like, Ugh, "Please, Lord, don't." If, if that's where, if that, can I skip that step? Whatever, wherever that person is, I just want to jump that one. I'll do whatever it takes because I don't want to be that. Right, and all of you are strong leaders. Like a leader, I love John Maxwell. He said it this way: leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. We've made leadership the person who leads the team or the pastor. That's what we've made it, but that's not it. The person who leads the team is just taking responsibility for trying to help them achieve the goal. They're just influencing the team in a way that they can come together and work as a team, but they're not better than you. They're just not, and they're not, they're not smarter than you, and they're not more gifted than you, and, and sometimes they're just, just less afraid of speaking in front of people, so like, you're like, oh, I'd hate to do your job because I don't want to talk to everyone. That's fine, that's why they're there. They're actually not that afraid. That's the difference. They're not better. They're just different. Amen? And strong leaders, which is you and I, uh, we struggle when it comes to exercising restraint. We say yes to Jesus, and then we have to learn as part of discipleship to exercise restraint, self-control, discipline. I mean, moderation uh, does not really come easy to a go-getter. If you've got some go-to you, there's... People would say, Andrew, moder- everything in moderation. You have everything in moderation. I don't want, they go, Andrew, be careful, you're going to burn out. Man, you're going to rust out. Don't worry about me. Like, I will worry about, if, if burnout is my problem, I'm prepared. I just don't want to get there, and I just, I waited so long doing nothing that I just did nothing. And most people say, who say, Pastor Ann's careful you don't burn out. Most people who say that don't do anything. And I remind them of that. If you're going to do that, do, do a lot, then have the conversation with me. Because you will find that when you do a lot for God and, and it's, you're passionate about it, burnout's not the thing you have to worry about. It's just not. Peter had initiative. I like the way he defends Jesus, I do. A uh, little bit impatient, a bit hot headed. And um, leaders get irritated when there's obstacles, especially when there's people involved. You're like, come on, right? We do that to each other. We've got to be careful of that. We need to learn. You don't do that to each other. You work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Don't worry about mine. You do you. Amen? When we act without restraint... Uh, we, we we act too fast, we say the wrong thing, we run our mouths, if you've ever done that. Uh, for those who have been serving with me for many, many years, uh, Lizette will help you understand this, many times I've just run my mouth, and many times I've been dragged into the pastor's office, my ankle over his shoulder as he drags me in, we're about to beat this kid, what is wrong with you, Andrew? What is wrong with you? Why would you say that? See, the thing is this, and this is why we have to exercise restraint, is because people are watching us, and they're learning and and sorry saying sorry because you didn't have any restraint does not delete the memory so when you hurt somebody in church and you treat them a certain way and you behave a certain way and you run your mouth too quick you hurt that person then you come back and you go sorry i was wrong yeah i know you were wrong and i accept your apology i forgive you but i remember i'm not stupid i got a memory I don't know where the keys are, but I've got a memory. (laughs) Just Peter sees an opportunity, and he reacts, and he responds to the fight. And I look at him, and I think to him, Peter, come on, man. Show some restraint. Just because somebody says something, you feel like you need to jump in and deal with it. Like, Peter, come on. Like, Like, you take social media, for instance. I would never do that. I did do it this week, though. Right? But what happens is somebody says something, I see an opportunity, I'm like, oh, let's go. And then I, I get into it, and now I don't know where he is, won't respond. Maybe he might be reading something, but he won't respond. Why? Because I just jumped in and I reacted, and it's not always the smart thing. I said this to somebody years ago, and um, I hate that I said it, and I hate that I remember it. But I said this, I said, just because you can say something doesn't mean you should. Just because you can say something to somebody doesn't mean you should. Learn to pray. Learn to think it through. Learn to realize that sometimes you have to have restraint. And you need to put boundaries in place that protect that. For instance, I, I, like the media guys will know this. If I create something, because they, they help, they create all sorts of things. There's a team that does But if I create something, the rule is this. Just because I send it to you doesn't mean you have to post it. Why? If it's not awesome a month from now, it's probably not worth saying right now. And they, that boundary exists for them to make sure that I don't react or retaliate to something unnecessarily because it's easy just to say something. And I know at times I can be hot-headed and I can get irritated and people say some really stupid things on Facebook and Instagram and then they, they attach my name to it. And when they do that, it's like a declaration of war. I'm like, oh, I'm going to help stupid understand, right? And so I do, I jump in and I help them. And uh, Jesus rebuked him publicly and M rebukes me publicly as well when I do it. Um, I get, just wait, don't respond, hold on. It's just social media, let it go. I get all sorts of messages, flick through, and then I respond with, don't worry, it's dealt with. Um, So, but it's not right. That's my point. Like, I'm not saying this like I get it right. I'm saying this that you need to think about it and be better than me. Amen? Uh, So he only lost an ear. So he's okay. Um, So who is Peter, the church leader? He's a dude who understood restraint, but he learned it along the way. He learned. And if you want to grow, growing requires that you learn, not that you're perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Don't worry about it. You're going to get there. Amen? Amen? The second thing real quick is, is humility. And we are often tempted by pride. If you're a leader, you, you need to work your way through pride. Peter thinks a lot of himself, I'll always be with you. I'll never deny you. I'll do time for you. I am Like if I have to die for you, do, you want to do prison time? How many years? I'm in. I'll text my mates now and just tell them I, I'm doing I'm doing prison sentence because my boy Jesus is in there. I'll do whatever it takes to stand with you. Were you with you were the dude who was with Jesus, not not me. I'm I'm fairly sure you were with him. No. No. Not me. Not me. I wasn't I wasn't with Jesus. Are you sure? No. Don't even know him. Yeah, you denied him three times, bro. Three times. And then a rooster had to remind you. Like that, to me, would be punishment alone. The fact that it would crow would, obviously, we've had an incident before. But the point of it is, the point, like that to me would just be sheer punishment. To be reminded, Jesus is like, but you will. And you need to remember that you ain't all that, and you, you haven't got it all together. And if you want to grow in the things of God, let me tell you, some of you leaders, this is something I've learned along the way. Just when you think you've got something sussed, you're going to learn real quick that you do not. Every time you think, I've got this thing sorted, nope, no you don't. Every time you run an e-group, you're like, I'm maxed out, this thing is awesome, Turns out the next one will be twice as difficult. Like you're always going to grow. You don't have it together. You probably will deny Jesus at some stage. You will drop the ball. You will mess up. And don't walk around thinking you all that. Just humble yourself and realize that God will resist that pride that you carry. You need to calm down and realize that I am growing and I am learning and I'm going to make mistakes and I don't have it all together. And sometimes I do things that don't make sense. And sometimes I have an opportunity when somebody says, How was your weekend? and you go, Good. You had an opportunity, what did you do? Oh, we, you know, we just took it easy. You went to church, you left that bit out. You were at a conference, you left that bit out. Have you noticed you left everything that involves Jesus out? But when we get together, how are you? Blessed by the best. What did you do all week? Now yeah, I prayed. All week? Sure did. I'm spiritual. <laughs> read anything good? No, only Bible. Only the first five books. No, we, we pretend like we're all that, like we've got it together, but we don't. And when you carry that, it's pride, and you need to humble yourself. Amen? Have you got pride? Let me read you ten quick statements. You choose for yourself. The humble can always ask for help. They don't insist on everything being done their way. They're quick to forgive others, difficult to offend if you're easily offended. And they're content to wait on God for vindication even when they've been wronged. I hate all of these, almost all of them. They're patient and they don't get frustrated with the weaknesses of others. Number four, the humble person is a peacemaker peacemaker. Don't cause chaos. In fact, we need humility to, uh, to maintain peace in our lives. A humble person knows when to be quiet. It's certainly not wrong to talk. We know that. But a humble person is comfortable allowing others to have center stage and doesn't feel the need to speak their mind in every situation. A humble person happily serves other people. They don't do it to be seen. They do it unto God, knowing they will receive uh, what they will receive will come from God. A humble person is thankful. That's why humble people are generally happy, because they thankful people. And a humble person is quick to repent. And a leader who is truly humble treats everyone with respect. How leaders treat people is the quickest way to find out their level of humility. Peter, at the end, is a very, very, very humble guy. And to be humble isn't weak. To be humble is an incredible strength. And it's it's something we all face and we all struggle with. And even if you tick that box tonight, the odds are this will creep in. And the more you want to grow and be discipled, the bigger this the risk of this becomes. Amen. The last one quickly was Peter learned servanthood. You know, true spiritual leadership means lo- loving service of one another. Spiritual leadership means that we love one another and we serve one another. Not, we don't come here to see how can Andrew be served. I don't want to be served. Serve one another. I also want to serve there. I'm not too big to pick something up, clean something, wipe something down, drive to the house because the keys were lost. I'm not too big for jobs like that. I can do that. I'm okay. Okay. The real leaders uh, serve one another, and the issue we've got in the church—and it's not this church; it's all churches—and it's an issue we need to check ourselves on. We become the more involved we become in church, the more likely we are to be task orientated, not people orientated. I love this. I love all of it. I love, every part of this I love. I love what we do. I love what we're building. I love what we get to play with. I, I love it, but not more than people. And if I have to delete all of this so that we can be, spend time with people, that I will do it. I will get rid of the thing that takes us from people. And, and in the early days, I did. There were many fights. Many with him, Many why can't we use the cameras? Because you want to play with a camera and everybody else was talking to people. We're not playing with no camera. It was a lesson to learn and it was many people have learned it over the time. I don't care about all of the stuff, not at the cost or at the expense of people. And we have to remember that. Now I love it. Now I love what we do is all people-centered. Like, how do we help people? How do we reach people? What are we doing? Uh, they connect with people in the week. They involve. Now it's different, totally different. But, but when it becomes task, not people, we have missed it. When, when church becomes a task that you can do and you cannot reach the people around you, you are missing it. You are missing servanthood by a country mile. Amen? If that's you... My simple advice would be this change, change, change and do it fast. Like right now. People matter. Church is about? Exactly. It's not. Could you imagine? Church is about all this equipment. It's amazing. What else is church about? Kurt, my guitar. This thing's amazing to the glory of God. No, it's not. It's not. I'll cut the strings off with how good your guitar is. Church is about people. Amen? I like this. In the book of Mark, it says this way. This is what Jesus said. He sat down and he called the 12 disciples over to him. And he said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. I like how Jesus models this. He models servant leadership. He got up from the table, took off his robe. So he's just in his like undies and he wraps a towel around him, uh, around his waist. And he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel. If you've ever had, anyone here ever gone through that had somebody wash their feet? Right, you, you've had a couple people, a couple people. Oh, uh, if ever you want the most humbling experience of your life and a moment where you wish you had gone for a, a pedicure just before, right, it's that moment right there. To do it to somebody is one thing, to have it done to you is out of this world. Out of this world. It, the entire process will just make you feel embarrassed from start to finish right? People are like, it's so spiritual. Forget spiritual. I couldn't even cope with who I was in that moment. I was just like, if if the earth could open and swallow me right there, that's what my prayer was. God, take me now. Let it be that they remember me dead in this basin of water. I want nothing to do with it. It is really humbling. But can I tell you something? It is by far one of the most powerful moments I've ever been through. And I want to highly recommend it. I want to highly recommend it. Amen? I know everyone's like, nope. We will obey a lot in this church, but not that. Mark 10, even the Son of Man came to be, uh, not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for me. Can I tell you something? Do you know when they learned about the servanthood, right? You know when he washed their feet? They were arguing about who the greatest was. Ugh. I'm better than you. No, I'm better, man. I'm like the favorite. He's like, come on, I'm going to wash your feet. I'm going to show you what servanthood is, Because you want to be elevated instead of serve. And when Jesus walks into a room, I'm telling you, he can look through a whole crowd. And those that are serving one another, those are the ones. Remember, can you use your boat? Yeah, he was looking for a servant heart before he was ever going to do something miraculous in that person's life. Is what you own, what you have available for God to use? Do you want to use it? God, I've got this. There's something about it. There's something about, like, I've got something that could be helpful. Peter, just before, this is Peter, about Peter, for Peter. But Peter came before the service, and he's like, um, I don't know if it was just like a a semi-judgmental thing because I've lost all the keys. But he was like, I've got this, like, coded lock at home. And he's like, we could, u- like, you should use that. And he made it sound like loving and caring, but I don't think it was. But it was more like, you know, like four digit could fix stupid, like right there. And so, um, but you know, it not it, it just amazing when somebody says, hey, I've got something that can help? Thank you, Johan. It's quite enough at the back there. He's been falling apart all day. Shame. He's been on the Turbo Lettuce and it's, (laughs) he's still wonderful though. So who is this, this Peter guy? This guy was a servant leader. A person who can serve is a person who can influence. That's leadership. Is that influence? If you can't serve one another, what have we got? We've got nothing. Amen? So are you a person of influence? Like, have you said yes to Jesus? Is one thing. Have you dedicated your life to learning and growing? Are you Are you willing to go through a process that does not show you how perfect you are? It's actually going to show you how imperfect you are and how perfect Jesus is. And along the way, you're going to make some. You're going to make some really, really, really silly decisions. And I want you to know this. Uh, I like. I love excellence. I do anyone who knows me. I love perfection, but we don't strive for perfection. I do love excellence though. And I've told people many times, you have room in this church to fail. There is space for you to make a mistake. And if anyone doesn't like that, all they have to do is bring their perfect self and come and share that with me. But this is family. This is what family is. And there is a maturity in giving people room to grow. There is something important about it, and we should, we should champion that, right? There's a maturity that happens when you grow. And, you know, we're so used to maturity as a physical age. You know, like, you know, if, if if Abby can't tie her shoe, we're like, shame. She's three or so. We'll try again, sweetie, try again. So this one goes here. Then you make, like, the two bows. Like, where's your mother? This is exhausting. Where's, where's mom? Like, how do we teach this kid faster, right? But we're fine. It'd be different if it was Kurt. We'd be like, come on, bro. Come on, man, tie a shoe. But when it's in the spiritual things, the things of God, there's not. forget the age thing. We need to make room. Somebody's going to pray and say something stupid. I remember somebody praying years ago. I remember like, it was a great prayer moment. People were praying. The dude, he must not next to me. I think he was the one up, and he's just praying. He's like, "God, we know that you maybe weren't like Jesus." We, I think he said, "Like Jesus, we know that like maybe you weren't the Messiah or anything like that." But we just pray to you right now. And I'm going, the what? What did you just? And I remember like looking, thinking, like, I don't know what I was going to pray, but I'm like not next. I'm like, but I'm right after that. I'm thinking, you don't know, what, 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 what did you just say? I remember looking at the pastor going, what? And he went, don't you dare. I was like, and he's like, zip it, nothing. He just, Andrew, can I tell him afterward? No, leave him alone. He's wrong. So are you, shut up and pray. But I can remember like, as if somehow I got it all together, that I can have a say. That person ended up running the prayer meetings. You must make room for people to grow and to learn and to discover all that tells you anything different. Then we are going to make mistakes, and that is part of your discipleship process. And anyone who tells you anything different needs to help me understand, Peter. But this guy is not amazing because suddenly God did something. He's amazing because he didn't get offended when he got publicly rebuked. He understood that I am growing and I am learning and I'm going to become, grow into someone and something I don't even fully understand. And I'm willing to say yes to the journey, even if it doesn't make sense. And along the way, you never see Jesus say, I'm actually done with you. Just get out of my face. How could you say that? How could you do that? Because that's not God. He wants to grow you and teach you and advance you. He wants you, to, he wants you to be hungry, though, that you come to Him and say, I'm ready to learn. And this is where we do it. We come together and we serve one another and we learn from one another. Amen? And so maybe you're like Peter. I want to encourage you with this. You've, if you've said yes, be ready to make mistakes. Be ready to grow. Keep trying. Keep pushing and don't worry about what you don't know just focus on the thing you're learning about focus on that grow and discover and ask questions i've had many people come to me and open the bible man check that you will they are so blown away you will not look at that look what he said i'm thinking i've like yeah i don't know whatever but for them it's wow and it could be wow well for you too if you would just take a moment and go, help me understand what it is you found. Why are you blown away? Show me. Because the more you do that, the more you learn. You never know, somebody says something, you think, oh, whoa, that's incredible. But we need to be there for one another and support one another, care for one another. We need to serve each other. We need to have humility. and We need to have restraint. Not everyone is where you are. I'm trusting God for those in the city who don't know Jesus. When they walk in here, I want to tell you something. Even when they've had an encounter with Jesus, they still don't know Him fully, like you. And we make room for people to grow and to learn and to discover. Amen? So come on, I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. Restraint. You said yes to Jesus, but now there's an area called restraint. Restraint. There's an area called humility. And there's an area called servanthood. What do you need to work on? If you've said yes to Jesus, what do you need to work on? Restraint, humility, or servanthood? So Father, I pray for every person in the room right now, those online right now. That for those who have said yes, that they would leave here and say, man, I'm gonna I wanna become like Peter. I want to grow like Peter. I want to say yes like Peter. And I'm gonna allow these things to drive me into the destiny and the purpose that you have for me. Be ready to grow. Be ready to learn. And then there might be someone in the room here this evening who doesn't know Jesus. While no one's looking around, I want to speak to you if you're that person. A lot of the time it feels overwhelming. Sometimes you just have to say yes. He went to the cross and He paid the price for your sin. And in light of that, we say, here we are, Lord. Use us. Use me. If that's you, I want to pray for you this evening. I know your heart's beating. You have my word. I'll not call you forward, but I want to pray for you for a moment. You're not where you should be. And you need to make a decision to come back. Or maybe for the very first time, you hear, I need to give my life to Jesus. What is going on? This is amazing. I want to pray for you. So all through this place, while no one's looking around, just slip your hand up and say, include me in this prayer. I'm praying. My hand's up. I see your hand. Great decision. Anyone else in this room, you're not where you should be. It's time to come back or you've never made the decision. phenomenal, great decision. Get ready for a fresh start and a new beginning. If you've made that decision, whether your hand went up or not, you've made that decision. I'm telling you now that the God who created the universe, He sees you and He's calling you by name. And He loves you. And your passion and your commitment and all that He has for you is going to elevate you to a place you didn't even know was possible. And you get to run now for God. And you have freedom to launch into all that He has for you. It's time to say yes. It's time to say yes. And for some of you, you've drifted along the way and I wanna encourage you, it's time to say yes and to get back to where you need to be. It's time to get back to where you need to be and you know where that is, but it's time to get back. It is time to come running back to the Father. I'm telling you, His arms are open and they are wide and He is calling you and He is excited and He is expectant. He cannot wait. He's going to throw a feast. He's going to throw a party. God is not angry with you. I want you to know that somebody in the room. God is not mad at you. He's not angry that you drifted or that life happened. What He is is pulling at you and saying, come home, come home. You're my daughter. You're my son. Come home. It's time to come home. I want to love on you. I want to care for you. And I want to push you into all that I've got for you. God loves you. He loves you. If you're in this room and you haven't heard that, you should know this, that God is absolutely beyond passionate about you. Father, every decision in this room, every person that tonight would not be another night, but the beginning of a journey of discovery bless them we pray all that you have for them let it be a reality and let them see come on there's a there's, I can just get a sense of this for somebody there's a stirring in you a stirring like everything's upside down inside out but you just know that God God is God is just doing something he's just doing something Hmm fresh start and a new beginning. Whatever's happened, let it go. I don't know who that is. Just let it go. It's time to let go. Just take hold of all that he has for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you're in agreement, you could say amen, amen, amen. Restraint, humility, and servanthood, there's three areas for you to grow and to learn in. Amen. Come on, let's be a church that's, that's dedicated to growing and pushing closer to the Lord. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.